dropping the hammer. No, you're not. Gano chimes in on Gibbs's tactics. What's that mean? Like Ty Gibbs or like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, oh. He's coming on the fight. Yeah. Hey, for, former 18 year old Wonderkid comments on what life must be like for another 18 year old Wonderkid. <laughs> so, Wonderkind. Wonderkind. My, my column this week, it's about um, Ty Gibbs, and, the, and the, the headline is Ty Gibbs and the massive weight of mass. Wait. The unbearable, unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> the Nick Cage movie. <laughs> so. I have no idea what to think about that movie. It's, I mean, it's, I'm, 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 I'm sure I'll see it, but I have no, I have no clue. What to think the, about. the buzz is amazing. Like they, they've, they've been promoting it on social for over a month. So, like, they don't do that for most movies. You don't see ads on Twitter for a movie over a month before it comes out. But they've been doing has, it since like mid March. It has a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes, and that makes me deeply, deeply skeptical. <laughs> it's like there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. But I mean, I don't know. It. it I mean, I I'll see it. I've got, I, I've got the Regal Pass, so like it costs me nothing to see it. So I'll see it for sure. I I'm just, excited for it. Like I am just skeptical. The return of Nick Cage, man. But anyway. Anyways. <laughs> I Welcome did, back I, to Dropping the Hammer, everyone. I'm Dan McFadden, and with me, again, is my good friend, John, now I'm a lawyer, Lopolit. <laughs> First of all, uh, yes, thank you. Congratulations. Although, technically, I'm not a lawyer yet. I still have to be sworn in. But yes, I did pass the bar since the last time that uh, I was on the show. I got the news. Um, I called my mom immediately, and my hand wouldn't stop shaking. It was like that scene in uh, Blazing Saddles where that guy's like, yeah, I've got the steadiest hand in the West, but I shoot with this hand. And it's like, he's like, got Alzheimer's. he's got like Parkinson's or something in that one hand. Like, that's what it was like when I tried to call my mom. And I was just, I was crying. And it was like the ugly kind of cry where you can't even enunciate words, but she still knew what I was saying because she's that good of a mom. She, she, she was like, hey, what's up? Oh my God, that's great. So, so happy for you. You know, it's just, I sounded like, I, like imagine like Scooby-Doo having a seizure. Like, that's what I sounded like. It's, it's okay. Thanks, Reggie. I ran the roar, you know. It's, it's okay. I speak sad, John. <laughs> happy sad, John. So, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was great. Just felt this incredible uh, relief come off my shoulders. I get sworn into the Indiana bar uh, in May, and uh, free legal advice. Never talk to cops without a lawyer. Uh, you don't need to talk to me about that. Uh, you can just watch the latest Spider-Man movie, where Zendaya says it. So. One of the few moments where advice in a movie is applicable to real life. I, I can't wait to, to, to call you up one day. It's like, hey, John, could you get me out of a parking ticket? And you're like, <laughs> I, I, I only deal deal in music copyright. Why would I have anything to do? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, shoe breaking, shoe breaking up, Daniel. Sh- I can't, sh- I'm sorry. I have to call you back. Um, but no, yeah, thank you for that. Um, that was an exciting day. Uh, it was way more exciting than this Martinsville race we're going to talk about. Like, what are we going to talk about? I it we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah, I mean, uh, what do you want to talk? This is your show. Lead the way. If you, what's your legal advice for Ty Gibbs, <laughs> who was fined fifteen thousand dollars today by NASCAR for making contact with another car on pit road afterwards because he he jammed them together, yes. his front fender and Sam Meyer's front fender on pit road at Martinsville Friday night, and they had to be pulled apart. <laughs> that got him a fine. Not, but, not actually, the, but, but, but throwing hands didn't get him a fine? Get, inadvertently maybe getting an NASCAR official injured in the process. That, I mean, I'm fine with them not, well, I'm fine with neither of them getting fined for fights. I mean, the, the fans want to see that stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. fine with it. And I think NASCAR to a degree encourages it. Th- that will um, be on a highlight reel for years. So, yeah, yeah how, how can you find someone for something you're going to use to promote the sport? Oh yeah, NASCAR's not NASCAR's not going to do that for sure. Um, but it is just in the aggregate. I do think it's funny that like so like if that happened on the street, like that's assault. Like he's arrested, he's he's going to jail for assault. Yeah. And but like it's just weird how like not just in NASCAR but just in sports in general, it just they exist in this weird little bubble 
where you know it's okay in one context, but in another context, you know, it's it's not okay. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, the, I guess the, the clearest example is boxing. Like the whole point of that is yeah. to render someone unconscious. Um, so, and then and if someone is, this, this is where like I think the comparisons people want to make NASCAR is just like WWE, and it's like no, it's not. No, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Not even close. Um, but like, but then like, this is like, you know, there's been it t- plenty of times in boxing where like a, a guy like dies is the result of a fight and like nothing happens to the opponent. Um, not that I'm advocating that it should. I just mm-hmm. think it, it's like, like just typically in the aggregate, because I, I can't re- remember any specifics, but there have been times in certain classes that I had in law school where something happened in a sports setting, but the courts wouldn't touch it for whatever reason. So um that's that's my that's my advice uh, to Ty Gibbs. If you're gonna fight someone, make sure uh, you get your fighter suit on because well, the the, uh, the, the, the immunity debate, of NASCAR will protect the, you. Well, the debate is over. He didn't have his helmet, or he had his helmet on rather than off when he yeah that's this whole thing, which I don't really. I mean, I know eh. that like some people tried to defend it and say that you know in the heat of the moment, he, you know, before, previous to, before the fight, he'd been trying to take his helmet off, but the heat of the moment, things transpired so quickly, didn't have time. But, like, it doesn't look good after the fact. Like, here he is throwing hands, throwing haymakers at this dude, and he's got his helmet on. Yeah. Like, that, 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 well, you know, here's that, the thing. that I, in and of itself doesn't speak like, very well. When I was writing my column today, I, you know, I went back and watched, you know, video. I had to go back and, like, edit my column because I thought he had thrown up his first punch, you know, after his helmet was off. But the first, like, okay, so they're on pit road. Right. My, they get out of their cars, Meyer. Myers standing next to his car. Ty Gibbs comes over to him, uh, which is hilarious because in, in, in his interview afterwards, Ty Gibbs was like, he was all up in my face and whatnot. Like, first off, <laughs> you came over to him. Um, and then as Meyer is trying to take off his helmet, like it's like halfway off or whatever, the first jet. Gibbs gets his first jab in and then he tries to walk away. Since this is an audio format, I need the listeners to understand that Daniel was just flailing his fists on the camera trying to uh, trying to articulate trying to articulate what a punch is. A dramatic recreation. But no, like, Gibbs gets his first jab in as he, like, as Myers, like, has his helmet, like, halfway off. And then he, like, tries to walk away after that. And then Myers gets his helmet completely off and then goes up to him. Yes, and then then they're talking, and then Myers gives him a shove. But hey, which after getting jabbed at in the process of taking a helmet off, you know, I think a a shove in that instance, not completely out of you know, it's not completely unwarranted. No, that's fine. But then, then here comes the second jab, and then all hell breaks loose. So it's um, it's it's such a situation where these two guys are these two phenoms because that's what these two guys are supposed to be these two phenoms who have a history they they had some on track stuff in the arca series um so they have a history um and for ty gibbs for the last two years everything's been coming up ty gibbs right yeah everything like everything's falling his way like as close to automatic as you're gonna get at least for the xfinity series for sure yeah seven wins in his first like 26 starts um and like this year gets a last lap pass for for the win at atlanta and then two weeks ago at richmond last lap pass forcing his way past his teammate to get the win uh just if everything is coming up ty gibbs this is literally like the worst you know quote thing that's ever happened in ty gibbs career for him What, what happens on on friday night right um and I can't help but think, and I wrote this in my column that like he he feels really good about himself right now. Like he he feel probably feels bulletproof. And then this this happens to him. Like how dare you make contact with me coming to the checkered flag? Yeah, uh, and that's that's kind of like he's done this before to other drivers, like even his own teammate. And yeah. then it happens to him, and he gets shitty about it. And like if you go back and watch, I forget who it was that I saw. There was there was someone was there on pit road after the race was over and they had their camera out recording the conversation and you can hear what they're saying. And um, he gets called a jackass and that's what sent him over the edge. I'm like, I don't, I mean, I'm sure his, his, you know, he was already frustrated and heated because of everything that had happened on the track previously. So, you know, 
when you're young and angry, the littlest thing can set you off and start, you know, yeah. throwing hands. I get that, but it just seems like it just seems like his composure his his composure just could have been better. And I don't want to like dump on him. He's what nineteen. Like I'm not no, trying to dump. He is. A I'm not man. trying to dump. I'm not he trying to dump kid. on him. He's a man. All no, right? no, so. he's not. No, he's not. You're when you're nineteen. He's you an adult. He's an he, adult. He might think he's an adult, but he's not an adult. Um, I look, Daniel, think back to when you were 19 and all the stuff. Can we not? <laughs> like when I, when I look back on myself, when I was 19, like there, I'm sure there's just a, 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 a book's worth of stuff. I could have written all the dumb stuff I did. Like, you're just not the, the person you are at 19 more often than not, is not the person you are the rest of your adult life. So I'm willing yeah. to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Um, but in the, like, it just seems like next time, if this ever happens again, just practice more composure. Like if someone's just like, if, if just being called a jackass is what's going to set you over the edge, like, buddy, you're in for a really long career, <laughs> a really long career. Cause that's nothing. But like, I just like, if this is the way you're going to react at the, just the smallest inconvenience for you after, like I said, everything's been coming up for you for the last two years. That's, that's really where you need to check yourself. Mm-hmm. um like because he finished i don't know six something like that right oh well and the, the dash for cash was on the line so you get a hundred grand or whatever um but just like oh man just i get it but what he overreacted to but the thing everything. is is like the thing is was like that set like friday night was so many fireworks you know aside from that one incident where you know obviously there's the you know the fisticuffs are getting thrown on pit road after the race there are a lot of accidents a lot of bumping and grinding a lot of beating and bashing it was like classic martinsville and you're just getting watching that race you're like oh man can't wait for the cup guys to go tomorrow and then just <laughs> total total dud and like yeah so for the, let, for the first for, for the first hundred laps i was like oh man Maybe they're just all just kind of hanging there till the end for whatever, you know, you just think, okay, it's 400 mile, 400 laps. Yeah, it's a shorter race, but that's still a pretty good ways on yeah. a short track. And then, well, you know, for by... me, I actually thought, felt the first stage felt kind of racy. Like the cars, like, oh, I think it, it, it didn't to feel a like degree. a parade. Yeah. To it it felt like, all right, yeah. I think they're getting after it a little bit. But, but typically at any other race, yeah, it is like, you know, the, the first stage and a half or whatever is everyone just like getting a feel of what, the, what they have and then once you get to the third stage you know things things ramp up right never happened <laughs> no no it didn't and and it was i think everyone kind of feels this way that it seems what the consensus is on twitter it's like i mean just by going off the comments of the gluck poll it's like i mean this seems like to be by far and away the worst martinsville race on memory at least for the cup cup series and well i mean there, there was there was a uh, 2019 race where Truex led like so much. Yes, 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 <laughs> like, yes. More than Chase Elliott or Byron right. did. Now that you mentioned, uh, but it, yes, that, I but do that had like that. that that race had quite a few cautions. Um, but yeah, that but that was also right. And and that type of race for that type of car didn't happen very often. That was the exception, not the yeah. rule. But that was um, the 550 package. This was the 670 package. You know, small spoiler, but it's the new car. It was like low 40s high 30s yes no, no it'd been raining throughout the weekend so there's no rubber on the track so th- there's lots of factors that could be taken into account and that's what i was going to ask you so you know denny hamlin just reading his comments after the race he seemed completely baffled and yeah. i don't want to say i don't want to say despondent but he seemed very uh woe begotten about this race very doom and gloom well, saying he like, also you know, had a very bad race just by he did have a very bad race he did, but like <laughs> you know but at the same time he he was you know he said i don't know what the answer is for this car no one knows what the answer is for this car um but then also i read quotes from byron i think austin Dillon, who were just like eh, it was cold we'll see what it does next time although the next race is in november or october something like that it's in the fall when it's going to be yeah. cold again so yeah that, that, that that's that like them saying saying yeah it, it just add 20 degrees but yeah the, the, the next race is october 30th or october 31st okay so there's no, there's no guarantee it'll be any warmer than this i don't so. and that's well see here's why did nascar not why did nascar schedule a night race this early in the season anyways like if you're gonna do it why not do it in like the deep south because like martinsville like yeah it's the south but when you look at it on a map it's not like like it's not unheard of. Like there was a couple of years ago where like Bristol had snow, you know, mm-hmm. and Br- Bristol's more or less in the same geographical plane as Martinsville. They're right there. So yeah, um, I 
I know you just chalk it up to a, you know, a bad luck on NASCAR's part as far as the weather goes, but it just feels like, like, why not just do Homestead right now and then move this Martinsville race to later in the summer? Because Homestead's is a playoff race now. So that's right. That's right. It is. But which I don't know. It that that seemed kind of weird to me. But like the, 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 the I'm talking about because the I mean it, the it, bigger it, issue. The bigger it, issue is the car. It feels like we're, it weather, feels like we're it feels like car. it feels like we're talking about a mid March race. It's the middle yes. of April. Yeah. I think if you ask most I mean, people, un, I mean it's un, by now it should be it should relatively be. more consistent weather. Right, but, but like it, it hasn't. I been. mean, yeah, it has been. It's like been like that almost everywhere i mean i live in indianapolis and it's middle of april we haven't had a single day above 70 degrees i don't think we've had a single day above 65 and it's we've had snow three days out of the month and like that just doesn't really happen that often so it's kind of happening everywhere but like like i said the weather notwithstanding nascar can't control the weather yeah. nascar can do something with these cars in this track i mean i, I don't think the drivers and the drivers aren't stupid and nascar is not stupid they're not just going to hope that things just magically get better without doing any kind of uh, investigation or testing or any sort of yeah. improvements on these cars at the track. What do you anticipate happening between now and the next time they come back? I don't know. Um, Is it just more horsepower? Just run the 750 package? I mean, sure, why not? Um, but then you have to get like ma the manufacturers all to agree to that. And do you do that to do all the expense that goes into that for one race <laughs> in October? um i mean but it's like, not just one, but it's not just one race like that is the race that decides the final four yeah you're right oh, yeah you're right you're right but like that's like a, it's not like you know um kansas in the middle of, of summer or michigan in the middle of summer but, like it's not a race for nascar and kind of you know well whatever we just you know we just had a bad race and move on like they're coming back to a very significant portion of the schedule yeah. it's, it's, it's the penultimate race yeah and i think hamlin said like in his comments on the athletic article which i think you're citing i think he said like all the flat tracks are gonna be like this and like i didn't think phoenix was bad i didn't think it was bad at all um, no i didn't think phoenix but I, I did not think phoenix was necessarily bad i can't count on richmond because i was did i, I didn't get a chance to watch that race last week so it was um, better than this there was, was actually really? there was actually an on lap pass pass for the lead and it that's came right yeah. in laps um <laughs> because you know saturday two two guys combined to lead over 300 laps yes. and uh the only significant pass for the lead occurred on pit road everything else was during green flag stops um, so was william was william byron's car that good plus the car didn't perform or was it just all track position was it mostly track position i'm not trying to take away from william byron because he had a hell of a night he had a really strong night but i mean just I want, in terms I mean, of the I equation say, here i want to say track position because once you, you got there you just you couldn't get to the leader I'm inclined um, to say it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, look at Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott dominated the first part of that race, and then yeah. he had some issues on pit road, and we just never heard from him again. Finished. It's not like, it, it's not like he didn't have a good car. Finished. And, you know, uh, tenth. Yeah, tenth. And, you know, Bubba Wallace, was he started poorly, but he was racing his way up through the field for the first part of the first stage. I think he finished the first stage like 13th or 14th, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. And then he had another another oh, bad day on pit road. Over over the pit wall too soon. Yeah, over the pit wall too soon. So. And that was just, that was it. But, never heard from him again. But... He he successfully fended off Chase Elliott from going a lap down. Right, he did. And, there at the, and, and, there at the end of the second stage, which was very impressive. It was he, impressive. He, he was like knocking him down. Yeah. Um. So it's, uh, you know, Martinsville supposed to be one of those race should be one of those races where Bubba Wallace, you know, gets to show how good he is, and he started to, and then. Nope. Sorry. Well, I mean, the, no. not just for Bubba Wallace, but a lot of these drivers. I mean, everyone yeah. was so looking forward to this new car and the new composite body and that you can be a little rougher. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about cutting a tire. It's like, oh, we're really going to get these guys. Plus, you know, by cutting the race hundred lap shorts, like, oh, we're going to have that get even go time quicker. Um, we're going to see a lot of bumping and grinding. We're going to see a lot of emotion, a lot of drama here. And then it's just, mm -hmm. just uh, what's the sad sound that they play on the prices, right? When they don't win bum, the bum, car. Bum, bum. Like that's what that was. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what that was. So um, I, and it's just, I'm not trying to throw up. I'm not trying to. Uh, you know. I, what's funny is like Saturday or Friday night after just the complete chaos of the Xfinity race, I, I tweeted out, tweeted out, man, at this rate, I'm just hoping for minimal cautions tomorrow. <laughs> and then, like, it's all your fault. Through, then halfway through this, the final stage, I was like, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Now you know who to blame NASCAR Twitter. 
Well, um, if the I mean, like, come on, if the if the racing itself is good, no one wants a caution. But it was like, all right, any anything, anyone? No. And then even at the end, we got that uh, when we got the overtime session. It's like, yeah. all right, maybe this is gonna save the race. This whole thing's been a stinker, but maybe this is gonna maybe this will save it, and give us something to talk about. And then, and then Austin Dillon had a bad restart. And yeah. Legato got, got, got a bump on Byron. Was it the? I don't even know if it was really a bump. It was the first corner. It wasn't the second corner. Coming, like out, the cam- coming out turn the, two. Yeah, the camera was right there on their bumpers, like showing them in turns three and four. And he didn't get, he couldn't quite get his bumper to try and turn him. But like, and, and again, it was just another moment of just letting the air out of the bag. And again, I'm not trying to throw, the, uh, I'm not trying to throw, uh, you know, this race and uh, and say, well, that's it for Martinsville RIP. But it is, you know, concerning. Well, well, I saw at least I saw one person say, "I think this is the death. This is the, the nail in the coffin regarding the conversation for more short track races." I'm like, "No, no, it's figured out." If we like condemned an entire form of racing because of one bad race, man, we would have gotten rid of the super speedways a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and, or or even some of the road course races too. Um, and, like in the it would have been demolished. Yes. Ten years ago. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they would have. And you know what? Maybe 10 years ago, they should have been. Um, but joke, joke, jokes aside, it's just, um, it, it is concerning. But, you know, I do, you know, like I said, NASCAR's not stupid. These drivers aren't stupid. These engineers and these teams aren't stupid. They will yeah. figure something out. I don't know how much of that figuring out, whatever that answer is, however much, however much that'll get them back to the, you know, Martinsville that everyone looks mm. forward to every year. Um, that remains to be seen, but I do, uh, you know, to borrow a basketball term, I do trust the process here. <laughs> you trust the tank? Well, what's the, what's that? What's the saying? You know, if it's once it's an accident, twice a coincidence, but a third time then it's a trend. Like, yeah. That's where we're, that's where we're at right now. Like the aggregate for Martinsville is that this is a great race. And I know that people want to point to Richmond and Phoenix, but Richmond has never, has been putting on great races to begin with anyways, lately. Um, I thought Phoenix was better this year than it has been recently um not to say it was like the most thrilling race this season but i think the new car did well there well, i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt to see what the next uh race will be in, in uh October. But, but just out, outside of martinsville and phoenix you also got new hampshire uh, yes. uh so, which has put on good races the last three years yes um after this, this huge drought like years of new hampshire just being this unbearable weight that we have to to go to the last three years through a mixture of the help some help from pj1 and maybe the the, the car finally meeting well don't they run haven't they run the 750 horsepower at new hampshire the last couple of years yeah yeah, that, yeah yeah they did they did okay um uh, the last three years have been really good new hampshire races but you, you got that you have the the first race at at st louis which is a also relatively yes. flat track yes um and you, you want your first race in a new market with the premier series to put on a good show so if if i'm in the nascar offices i'm i'm looking at that race um though but that's in june yes. so hopefully it's 70s 80s something like that so you can take out that factor and see what what happens um, when i was watching martinsville i thought pocono was going to be even worse <laughs> I thought Pocono was going to be even worse. And, you know, like I said, I'm from Indianapolis and the, you know, the, the Brickyard Oval was always such a big deal until the tire fiasco and then it just became a parade. I feel the same way about them wanting to go back to the Oval on, uh, on the Cup Series. It's like, mm-mm, nope. Not after watching that. Well, the thing is with, with Martinsville, they were, they were shifting every lap, which up until this, this year, up until this week, I never really thought about shifting at Martinsville. Yeah. I probably just assumed they shifted. Like, I mean, you would assume, right? But they did. Apparently, they didn't. <laughs> so, which seems weird. And so, like, everyone was like surprised when they showed up. It makes up sense when you think about it. Friday, it's like, whoa! Like Martin Truex Jr. was like very surprised. Like, yeah, we're, we're shifting. Never, <laughs> never expected that. <laughs> like, so, so Pro- professional race car driver has to be a professional race car driver. So, um, like, I mean, I'm joking, but at Pocono, I don't. You get the. I think the the long straightaways will help uh, i hope so. really hope hey look i'm not again like i've said before on this show i don't want to like bag on these races i want every race to be a good race 
Um, hey, we, this was race eight. It took us till race eight to get a rain delay. It took us to race eight to just have a straight up dud. This is yeah. not. This has not been a bad year. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. It hasn't. It hasn't. So just taking some things from Martinsville, just extrapolating them to what they could mean for future races. Um, yeah. It's just all. It's just all I'm saying. And like I said, I'm not. You know, trying to cancel Martinsville. I'm not trying to cancel this new car or cancel more short tracks. NASCAR has a very important vested interest in staying at short tracks and staying at Martinsville um, for a number of reasons. They will. This track counts for too much for the fans and the drivers. Yeah. They will. They will figure something out. Um, whether it's this year or next year, we'll see. But I, I, for now, I'm willing to hashtag trust the process. Should 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 Martinsville Speedway be canceled? Why for 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 weather? No, be, because they because ran out of battery. They ran out of two dollar hot. They 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 went to commercial with that. Oh, we're out of commercial. We're out of hot dog sign, and they come came back. Oh no, they're they they they've been restocked. And damn but, supply Na chain issues. But NASCAR Twitter like lit up with oh no. Because that was like the that was like the only dramatic part of the race up to that point. It's like, oh no, those poor people are sitting out in the freezing cold without any two dollar hot dogs to eat, watching William William Byron lead seven hundred and fifty million laps. I just thought thought it was hilarious. People on Twitter who weren't at the race being upset that they that they may might have run out of hot dogs. Like, and that was on the infield. Like, literally, the only people in the infield who should be upset would be like crew members. But I don't know why you you Billy are you are you saying crew members don't deserve hot dogs? No, they they should. I'm just saying, but they they were, they were <laughs> probably more they were probably more vis, more worried about you know staying warm, getting the right pit stops. Not with oh man, I gotta go get that that really underwhelming hot dog that everyone li likes to make a big deal about. Um, <laughs> because hey, man, I don't know if you've ever had a Martinsville hot dog. I've never been. John, to I'd like to get there. They're just they're very red. I mean. Like, I mean, yeah, they're just hot dogs. I mean, I yeah. get it. Like, even the best hot dog is still just a hot dog. It's just, it's just leftovers of the rest of the pig. It's not like you know, it's not the, the best. <laughs> it reminds best me of the Simpsons. Uh, the Simpsons gag. Have you seen the Simpsons gag where like Homer's picturing like uh, what goes into certain meats, and he pictures a hamburger and like a cow like turns into a hamburger, and he pictures like a pork chop and a pig turns into a pork chop, and he thinks of a hot dog, and it's like part of a shoe, a raccoon tail, like a rat's foot, and it all just like turns into a hot dog. It's anyways. no, no, I've not seen that. It's on YouTube. Um, Check it out. Okay, <laughs> what is the best hot dog you've ever had? The best hot dog I've ever had. Oh God, I don't even know if I ever thought about that. You know what? I will, I will, I will be politically correct here, and I'll support a local business that's not too far away from where I live. There's an old drive-in called Mug and Bun here in Indianapolis. Just Mug, Mug and Butt. Mug and Bun. Mug, Mug and Bun. Okay. Like, All right. Like rock, like rock and roll. It's Mug and Bun. Um, okay. But it's it's just up the street. It's not too far away from the speedway. Um, but it's just it's it's just a big greasy spoon. The biggest tenderloin sandwiches. Um, they've got they've got the best root beer float and the best onion rings in town for my money. But their hot dogs are really good. And then whenever I go there, I bring my dog and she gets a hot dog too. And she loves it. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> this episode's brought to you by Mug and Bun. Use oh, if, you, if you would like to sponsor us, please <laughs> use use offer code SpeedSport for 10% off your first purchase. Um the best hot dog I've ever had that I can really remember uh was at the old Bush Stadium. St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, this was, this was like back in like 03, 04, something like that. The Cardinals were playing the Astros, I believe. But yeah, that was. I just remember that being a really good hot dog. Well, I mean, ballparks are kind of invested in having good hot dogs. Like that's kind of like part and parcel of the day at the park, at the day at yeah. the ballpark. So I mean, that's when I, I mean, we we have a minor league team here in Indy, uh, and every Monday is Dollar Menu Monday, and I just I just get like six hot dogs and I just gorge myself and do, I just do, do you buy your ticket, go in, buy the hot dogs, and then leave? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm there for the game. You get root root for the home team. Um, I like how we're, we've gotten off such a like that's how bad this race is. We've gotten off such a sidetrack. Hey, we, we 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 don't have to be all business. That's so. true. That's true. What else? What else? Is there anything else to really talk about this race? I mean, um, William Byron crushed it. I, I mean, know. Austin Dillon got his second top five. He finished third. Uh, that that passes his total from last year and continues uh, Richard Childress Racing's resurgence. 
Yeah, in, he's had a good year this year, and I think he's uh, a Daniel Suarez incident away and another incident away from being having another another two top tens added to his total this year. He's been very strong. Uh, Ross Chastain does it again, top five. Kurt Busch, another sneaky good night, uh, came in sixth. Um, lots of good performances here. Uh, you know, Eric Almirola again is having a very good year uh, uh, to cap off his his career. Um, I mean, yeah, if you just look throughout the field it's like oh yeah he finished well he finished well he finished well but it just again there's just nothing to like think about like beyond just like oh well yeah they did well i guess but the rest of the race was just kind of you know a stinker yeah i mean <laughs> As he keeps like, looking i was really like, i was really surprised that suarez was so bad like from well, the get-go well, he, he, he was like six laps down or something man yeah just not as nice some days sometimes you got it some days you don't well, i don't like, remember i don't think I can't think of him being like a good Martinsville racer. Um, but like Austin Dillon, he finished third. Like, wow, he's already, he, he already has 17 starts at Martinsville. Um, already? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like before this, he, he, he had uh, one, two, two previous top fives, but those came in 2017 and 2016. So, and so since then, since 2017, his best finish was 11th okay and that was in 2019 so he he's not someone you would instinctively go oh yeah, yeah i totally expect to see him up front um so <laughs> like good good for them uh um, yeah for sure i mean him and tyler reddick have had very strong years this year uh reddick and reddick was pretty invisible uh at martinsville looking here he finished 18th was really a non-factor but that's really the first race probably since daytona where we really haven't talked much about him so um yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of said my piece with this one. Like, it was not a good race by any stretch of the imagination. I would want to talk to the people who voted yes in the Gluck poll. Like, yeah. It, like, did, like did, did William Byron's mom just make, like, 18 million, like, ghost accounts or something? Um, <laughs> hey, hey. Um, what? I'm not, a mom's got to do what a mom's got to do. I'm not bashing. Like, you know, I'm sure she's happy. And I'm sure, I, 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 all jokes aside, I seriously want to know, like, are they just trolling? I would wager most of those are just trolling. Who knows? But um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't it just was not a good race, but I'm still willing to give the, these drivers and these engineers and NASCAR on the whole the benefit of the doubt for the next time they're there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want to have a knee jerk reaction to it. No, I don't either. Because it, it was the, the first, it took this long into a season to get this better race. But like on the heels of Richmond, which wasn't great, but it had a great finish. Um, but with the, Richmond, the track record for this car on short track so far outside of the clash is not great so far. So no, it's not. Um, but at the same, but at the same time, like Richmond hasn't been putting on good races to begin with. Yeah. Much. So yeah. I wonder, I wonder if Richmond, like if this car can't save Richmond, I wonder if it's a track, if that's a Richmond problem, not a, not a car problem. Martinsville seems different though, just because it's a completely different configuration than Richmond. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. But the thing, like the thing is, with like both Richmond and this race, at any point in the race, you could have just like looked on, watched the leaderboard on the screen, and looked at the intervals between cars, and there's always like either half a second or more. So it's like, sure, you know, Ross Chastain had said, "Hey, I think we're misremembering the old car. It was always hard to pass." Yeah, but you could at least like get to the guy yeah, in front of you, exactly. Um, yeah. and that wasn't happening really. No. Unless you were getting lapped, so right, um, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, except for the pitsy cars, the pitsy cars could at times seem, feel like, oh, finally wear someone down and get around them. Yeah, especially um, Blaney Logano for sure. Did Cinder come in the top ten? No, I think eleventh. No, he, he's right. 11. He's right there. So, yeah, I agree with you on on the Penske. And Penske had a pretty good weekend, um, at least for the IndyCar race. I mean, Newgarden was really good. Um, and they've won three straight races. Um, Penske's for for as lackluster as Penske season was last year, they're they seem like they're on a mission this year. And I mean, I don't know how Penske couldn't be the, the favorite come time for the Indy 500, but that's a ways away. But um, just Penske on the whole, both in Cup and in IndyCar, they've 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 seemed like they're just revving on all on all cylinders. No pun intended. Is Indianapolis ready for Jimmy Mania? Yes. Yeah, I am. I'm I'm glad he's doing the 500 this year. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he's doing ovals. Um, I mean, he came in sixth at Texas. It, yeah. you, he's much more, obviously he's much more astute on ovals than he is on road courses and street courses. And yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's so 
difficult to articulate just what he's doing. It's an entirely different way of driving on a format that he's not at all familiar with. <laughs> and um, well, I can't remember if we talked about this or not. Like he, we've had people crossover from IndyCar, open wheel, stock cars, plenty. It's happened. Yeah. Um, it's never happened the other way around, except for, you know, Kurt Busch doing it back in. Yeah, the one time, right, right. And doing good, finished sixth. I mm-hmm. believe in the 500. I got that diecast right here. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's cool. First first race I ever covered. Yeah. At all. That was that. a great 500. So. so, but so it's, yeah, it's really hard to. Gosh, that was eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies. But yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I, Indy is ready for Jimmy Mania. I think Jimmy is ready for Jimmy Mania at Indy. Um, he, I just got the sense, you just, it, I think everyone had the sense of watching him last year. It's like, of course he's going to do the 500 next year. Like, how could he not? Like, I can't imagine being as someone as competitive and successful as Jimmy Johnson and sitting home on the couch on the day of the Indy 500. Yeah. No, knowing that you could be like, it's not like he's you, racing you, for. Yeah, Jimmy, you could have done this. This wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he just, I yeah. mean, I, I, I get the safety concerns. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, uh, the speeds that they go at that track is something that they, they, they don't even come close to an Indy car. I mean, in an NASCAR, excuse me. Um, so I get the safety concerns, but at the same time, it always felt like it was inevitable that he was going to try it. Because why wouldn't? And especially mm-hmm. when he drives for for Chip Ganassi, he's teammates with Scott Dixon and Alex Blow. Like, like yeah, why not? Um, it's not like he's you know driving some backmarker car or he's doing a one-off you know thing like Elio did for the last couple of years. He's with Penske. Like you know, he's going to have the manpower and the support behind him to make a real earnest attempt at it. So. Um, I think I think we're ready, and I, I I genuinely hope he does well. I think it'd be a great story, especially after coming off of you know breaking his hand this past weekend. So yeah, so okay, you get to choose three NASCAR drivers to make up one row of the Indy Five Hundred. Oh, who who do you pick? Active active drivers. Active NASCAR drivers to make up one row at the Indy Five Hundred. Yes, out of thirty three, right. one row is guys who are going to do the double. They gotta. As soon as they're done, they gotta go on a plane and go to Charlotte. <laughs> um, yeah, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, those are easy. Those feel like automatic picks. Um, man, jo- Johnson is automatically in the race. He, he, he. He's, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no, yeah, he's, no. He's, he's, so. I would, I would pick Allmendinger, but that feels too easy because he's already done IndyCar. I want this to be. He's not full time either in Cup, though. That's true. That's true. You know. Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, and you know, man, I'm trying to think of like anyone who like realistically could like do it and like succeed. It would it would it be kind of a cop out to pick Austin Cindric? I think I think he'd be good at. It. I really think he'd be good at. It. I mean, just. Uh, mm. Because it's not, again, you know, this isn't IndyCar street course or road course. It's just an oval. I mean, it's still a different style of racing, but you're going flat out the whole way around that track in IndyCar. Yeah, you mean, you you can pick them. You can pick them if you want. I don't know if I want to, though. That's why why I caveated it. I don't, I think Larson and and, and Kyle. No one's pushing for Cindric to do that. No. There there, there is just this, for the last five years, it's like, hey, Kyle, hey, Larson, are are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? They gonna do it. It's like I mean, because like, it's with, so obvious. They would, like, they would both be so good at it, like, especially Larson. It seems like whatever, whatever kind of car Larson drives, it's it's competitive and he's got a chance to win. Um, I don't. I mean, who else is there? Like, who would you pick? That uh, third one. That third one gets wonky. Kurt. I, gotta, Kurt like, I don't. Like, I don't want to pick Kurt Busch because he's already done it. I, like, I want to see with, what he would do on a second attempt. I mean that yes, yes. That is not that is a fair choice. Even though it's choice. been eight years, but yes, I mean that it's a fair choice. But I'm trying to think of someone who hasn't done it before just to add to that level of intrigue. Um, um like like Harvick wouldn't do it. There's no way. You think Elliot would do it? I don't think Jason Okay, here's would. the thing. Okay, so why no one's bugging Christopher Bell to do it. Everyone's bugging Kyle Larson to do it. Like they both have the same backgrounds you're right they're, they're, they're both successful on dirt you, or you whatever just, you, you just made it my mind for me yeah christopher bell that's a good yeah i completely forgot about that that's a really good answer oh uh, like i mean this is this is a conversation like i i both understand 
why people want to push Larson Larson into doing the Indy 500, um, but I also don't understand it. Just just because he's good in midgets and sprint cars, just just because he likes racing and will race anything, we're going to push him into doing it. Up the yeah. assumption that he'd just be automatically be good. I think it'd be really competitive, especially if you put him in a top tier program. Yeah, I really do. I really think. Not to say he'd be an automatic contender, but I think he would show very well. I think, I mean, because you got to remember, full-time IndyCar teams now, there's only about like 24 of them, and they, they expand the field to 33. Yeah. They expand the field by almost by nine cars just to make a full field for the 500. And a lot of those nine cars they put in are just one-timers or backmarkers. So, I mean, it's, so it's not like, you know, I would say of the Indy 500, you've maybe got like 15 guys who – are legit like hey he's got a shot that you know it it, it it would be a learning curve certainly but i i think he could do it i, I think he could show well for for sure and honestly i i, I just I, I think it's a matter of time because especially because he drives for chevy chevy's an indycar if he just works i don't know if he would work with with Penske necessarily. I don't know if Rick Hendrick would let him do that, but if he wanted to work <laughs> with Gannett, I wanted if, I, if, if he could work with some other Honda, with some other Chevy, like Honda, like Chevy's not going to let him drive in a Honda. That's not going to happen. Well, what does Ganassi have in IndyCar? They've got Honda. That's the thing. And that's, and that's what's always so weird to me. I, I Maybe you would know, but like when Chip Ganassi was in it, he I've, had I've wondered, I've wondered this myself. Like, well, yeah, like, like Ganassi had Ganassi, had, yeah, yeah, Ganassi had Chevy and NASCAR and Honda and IndyCar, and yeah. Penske has Penske has Ford and NASCAR, but Chevy and IndyCar. I always wonder how they work that out. I do know that Roger Penske like either owns or co-owns the company that makes the Chevy engines for IndyCar. Okay, I, I do, I I do know that, and that's why for years I think they just had Chevy engines because Penske was paying for all these teams to have Chevy engines. That's also that's also why every other major team in IndyCar has Hondas because they don't want to put money in Roger Penske's pocket. So well, one thing that just kind of amazes me is that you know bef- past beyond 10 years ago, it seemed easier for drivers to do the double. I know, I know there there was like some legal stuff with Tony Stewart and Paul Menard, not Paul Menard, Paul Menard's dad. <laughs> John Menard, yes. John Menard when he was doing i think the second attempt something like that yeah something like that but it just feel like also it just seems like in the last decade or so more walls have gone up more red, red tape the yes. start times for the races have been changed to where it, it makes it even harder to do it yep. and it it doesn't make sense to me like everybody should just like ignore the red tape for this because everybody would win yeah, with, with I agree. the storylines and the, the headlines and everything. I agree. Um, for, forget about the emblems on the front of the car for I this know. this one thing. I know. But um, it's, I think a lot of it, like I think a lot of it just comes down to the owners too. Like Hendrick has been very vocal about um how many races Kyle Larson's running and everything like that. Um and I, I know hasn't Kyle Bush gone on record saying that he had a gig lined yeah, up for the five hundred? I was about to say that. Yeah, he said he had a deal and it got nixed by sure, yeah, because, Joe by Gibbs, Gibbs Racing. Yeah, I think I believe so. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> like this? This is good. I, I mean, agree. No, I'm with un- you. Unless unless they're just worried about the safety of it, which again, okay, I agree. I, I I get the safety. I, I understand the safety of it, but at the same time, I agree with you. Like everyone would win. Everyone would win, and it just. I don't, well, I, I'm just trying to think of a scenario where, where, where it, 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 it just all comes down to the owners and the manufacturers because they have all the weight in the series. And if, if we ever do see Kyle Busch in, in the Indy 500, I wager it's after his cup career is over and he's just going the Jimmy Johnson route, which yeah. sucks. It really sucks. Um, but Larson, I de- it, Larson, it feels like it's an, it's an inevitability inevitability <laughs> so it's an inevitability um the, the, so say that five so times. so we, we now need to make a meme where we plaster kyle larson's face on thanos and he's like i'm inevitable <laughs> with his face on the board Warner trophy could you imagine i mean like uh but as, a, as, as, as an indycar fan i don't know how i would feel about that like a nascar guy just showing up 
never driving an Indy car and winning the biggest race in, in, on the calendar. Um, Mario Andretti showed up to the Daytona 500 and won. AJ Foyt showed up to the to the Daytona yeah that was won. that was like, that was that was come light on. years ago. That was I know light years ago. I know, and, and it was also when it was it was also when it was way more common for drivers to just tr- drive wherever. Yeah. They, they were, yeah. Like the the red tape and the walls that you spoke to were just non-existent then. And if they were, if they did exist, they were not they were not blockades. They they were they were. Uh, they were like Swiss cheese. They were like fishnets. <laughs> it was easy to get through. Um, that's just kind of apples and oranges there. But I, but I get your point. I get your point. Um, I mean, any any more now? It's it's way more common to see F one guys come over. Alonzo's done it. Now we got Groshan, um, Marcus Erickson as well. Felix Rosenquist, F one guys. Um, Alexander Rossi tried to make it an F one before he came to IndyCar. So, please tell me you found it as humorous as I did Sunday when after Erickson had his problem. Yes. The camera, the camera just shows him like arms crossed, just like waiting. He's like, I tweeted out a picture of it. It's like, is no one going to collect him? Like, so just... <laughs> and the best part is like, that was with like two laps left in the race, or, like three laps left. Like it was like go time. And like Groshan and Newgarden are like battling out for the win. And like the, as the camera pans around the corner, just freezes on Erickson while they're missing a moment that could be setting up for a pass for the, for the win. <laughs> And they just freeze on Erickson, and it's, it's and he's just sitting there chilling, just sitting there chilling. Like and I was like, you, I was like, because he'd been out of the race for like fifteen minutes. I'm like, why is he still there? Like you would think like, there would be like a safety truck at that spot. Yeah, and there's not even like a porta potty there. He's probably just sitting there holding it. Like, damn, Marcus. Um, by the way, he's sponsored by Husky Chocolates. I keep looking online to buy Husky Chocolates just to, just because I want to try it. And every year, it's always like coming soon to the U.S. So it's been staying there for like two years now. Yeah, liars. Okay. Husky, Not, Husky liars. Chocolate. Husky chocolates. Okay. The Indianapolis 500 presented by Husky chocolates. Um, yeah. Anything else racing wise? So okay, Bristol dirt. All right. Yes. We're, we're doing it for a second time. This time it's yes. a night race, which I think on, on Easter Sunday. Which I was shocked NASCAR booked a, a race on Easter Sunday. Uh, they. What was it? They had, I think they last year they had a race that got delayed to Easter Sunday. I think might have might have been. I'm and not then sure. the ratings came out for it. It was like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, and then that that like my <laughs> like that that I think that went away. Hey, like, yeah. Oh, again, the people people. Oh no, no. Oh no, it was Mother's Day. It was yes. Mother's Day, a, a day where. The historically NASCAR, you can't race on Mother's Day because apparently moms don't like NASCAR either. Yeah, or, or something. I don't. Which and the hey, ratings I, came out for that. It was like I oh, watch, I watch yeah, NASCAR right. with my mom all the time. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Why, 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 uh, why give teams a day off when you can make more money? I, but also well, the, race being, the race is at seven p.m. Yeah, so I have, get it. You have plenty of time. Oh yeah, bef- to, to go do your Easter. Yeah, you have, have your Easter stuff. service and have your so, Easter dinner and have your Easter lunch and hang out with family and stuff. I get that. No, I'm yeah. I'm I'm only being mildly cynical. Um, I get but, it. I get it. But yeah, um, we're, yeah, we're doing we're, it again to it. at night. Um, at the, which I think everyone agreed that last year doing it in the day didn't help. Um, yeah. So, but what are you gonna do? Because. It, it got delayed because of, of weather. So you kind of give it a mulligan last year, but yes, being under the lights at night should make for a better race. So what, what did you think of the experiment last year? I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I liked NASCAR trying something new and that's entertaining. Old. That's old. New that's old. <laughs> new that's old. Right. Right. Something that's new that's old, but like, excuse me. We, uh, what I thought was so interesting about that race when you look back on it is because so many drivers didn't quite know how to race on dirt, they raced on dirt in unconventional ways that were still successful for them. I think, yeah. I think case in point is Daniel Suarez. Yeah. He had never raced on dirt in his entire life. He led a good chunk of that race. Should've he he, he should have won. Should have won. Came in the top 10. And the whole reason he did so well is because he didn't slide the car around the, around the turns. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't fishtail. Yeah. He just he, drove it straight. He didn't know what he didn't know. Exactly. Exactly. It was really cool to see something like that. Uh, if, to me, it feels like that situation could only have happened in a dirt race. Say what you want about, you know, covering Bristol in dirt. I get why that's a hot, why that's, why that's still a debate. And I understand why some people are against it. 
I'm I, to be honest, I'm really I really don't have an opinion about where the dirt race is, but I think it's important for NASCAR to have something like this because of what I just said. It's I think you can only get situations like that at a venue where there's dirt, be it Bristol, Eldora, or what have you. But it I think that's what was so interesting. And now there's a new wrinkle with the new car, and how does the new car mm-hmm. race on dirt? So um that's this time and this time they've too. also actually altered the banking cool in the turns slightly um i think there's more uh so uh and i think uh stuart friesen tested it a couple uh last week and he came back saying it's, he think it's gonna put on a good show um so i, I hope so i like i did see footage i did see footage of his test and the car without the diffuser on dirt looks really cool like just aesthetically it looks cool it looks like it drives easier than the old cars did on dirt. So, um, yeah, so, I, I, so I, I still thought last, despite all the all the warts of last year for it being a new thing, I thought the race was fun, and I, I, I genuinely think this will be an improvement. At least I certainly hope so, given how Martinsville went. So, well, we had Kyle Busch's comments uh, last week, and Bree says he, he he thinks you need to cut the cord on this. That doing this dirt race sits. Takes takes the sport back. He said he, he agrees with Richard Petty because Richard Petty said it last year around the time of the first race that he going to dirt is a backwards progress for NASCAR, which which I kind of get because you know Petty was there with you know when from seventy one to seventy two when the modern era began and they cut all the dirt races and that to them at the time that was a, a significant step up. It meant they were at the at the big time, um, right. But it's one. It's one race. It's one race. <laughs> Where and also, I just think I understand Petty's point of view because, like you just said, he comes from a different historical moment. I don't really think that, like, like I wasn't alive then. I wasn't. I wasn't even close to being born. I was almost twenty years away from being born. Yeah. Like I have no memory of that stuff. And a lot of yeah. NASCAR fans don't have memory of that stuff, and we don't kind of view it as like a like a like like a like a like this like demarcation in time like you know there's before dirt and after dirt you know yeah a d and b d but um (laughs) (laughs) i don't so like but the same like the way i view it and maybe you view it this way too i'd be curious to know what your thoughts are i view it as the fact that like you know yes it's old but also it's 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 new and it's it's to me but it's also interesting in the fact that like i'm dirt racing see... dirt racing the vinyl of auto racing oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good uh, uh, i owe you a beer next time for that one that was a good one that was really good um it's <laughs> the vinyl of auto racing oh man like, I, okay, I am not a dirt racing fan. I have never grown up in an area where there was regular dirt racing within easy access. I think my dad Same. took me took me to well. There's dirt racing in Indiana. There is dirt that, racing. In, there's, dirt, there's dirt racing in Indiana, but like in a specific area where I grew up, there's a lot of like the short tracks are all paved. Okay. So and I never and I went to, I never went to dirt tracks growing up. It was always paved. So I think my my dad. I think he's told me like he took me to a race when I was a kid up here, but I don't remember it at all. So, um, so for me, uh, like even when I was right living in North Carolina, I never had the chance to the opportunity to really go to dirt races because I'd be working on the weekend covering NASCAR. Um, so it dirt is this foreign thing to me that I know it's had a, it's having a surge of popularity right now, thanks to the likes of Kyle Larson and the Chili Bowl and all that. Yeah. Um, but it's just something that's foreign to me. I don't, I, I still don't grasp the appeal of 25 lap races. Um, I mean, I just, it's, it's just, I think for a lot of people, that's one, it's, it's local and it's cheap. It's affordable to go yeah, to, but also, but also it really is the roots of the sport. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, and, I it. And, and I think it's important for NASCAR to try to like. I feel so stupid saying this, but it's important to nurture those roots. You know, yeah. it's it's important to, um, it's important for NASCAR to keep that bloodline of talent and for and note and uh, um, um that that 
that bloodline of talent. I'm trying to try. I'm, I'm tripping over my words here. That bloodline of talent and that bloodline of competition in the sport. And this feels and like it, a like it feels like an olive branch, you know, to that universe yeah. of racing. Like yes, hey. And I don't um, think I, I. And again, I get where, Kyle, where Richard, Richard Petty's coming from, and I understand where Kyle Petty's coming from because they're drivers of a certain age from a certain generation, although not the same generation necessarily, but close enough. Also, I don't think I don't think Kyle Busch had a, had a good race last year. No, no, yeah, with Kyle Busch, it, <laughs> but if, you if, never you never quite know. Um, I, I wager if he won the dirt race last year, he might have been saying something different. But who knows? You never really know. He won the first said. car tomorrow race, John, and called yes. called it a called it a shit box. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, but for the, the, me, the, like the, the I, meme, I the meme now is, oh, Kyle Busch is complaining on the radio. Oh, he's gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like I think it's, I think it's entertaining. I think it's entertaining. I know this is a conversation we have before about racing versus entertainment, but I think it's entertaining. Yeah. I think, I think doing it once is fine. If it gets to be more than that, then I think you're starting to, get, you're yeah. starting to wander down a, a route that's more in line with what. Petty and Bush are saying, like but just the, having the, it one the truck time. Se- the truck series having two, two dirt races, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Same, uh, right? Cop, for sure. Cop, let's, I don't know, just what once is good, right? Uh, though I would, and, I do wish they would maybe go to a different actual, maybe real. I'd natural, be fine with that natural too. Natural dirt track. I'd so. be fine with that too. I'm okay with Bristol being dirt, but I'm okay with them actually going to another actual dirt track and keeping two concrete Bristol races. I'm fine either mm-hmm. way. Um, I, I do think that what happens this year will dictate what happens. Because last year, it's the last year of the new car. It's your first time. You always kind of come back a second time unless it's an absolute disaster, which it wasn't. So I do feel like this is kind of like inaugural race part two, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like there was, like there, yeah. Was a, there was inaugural race volume one. This feels like inaugural race volume two. And it feels like this is the one assuming there's no rain delay or whatever everything goes off well, well, well as far as weather but like, well, I, mean, like I, this I, is I don't know if you're aware but like marcus smith didn't decide until like the middle of the race last year to to, to like yeah we're gonna do it and then he gave the go ahead and then they announced it like in yeah. the middle of the race yeah so, the, so um it's i i'm 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 looking forward to it uh, I, hope- I, I am too. I remember last year's race got pushed to Monday, and it was on yeah, during it was on during class, and I was streaming it in the middle of uh, class. I think it was Secure Transactions, which was one of the worst classes I ever had. Probably because, <laughs> probably because, if you ask me what a Secure Transaction is, uh, I still won't be able to tell you. So don't ask me what it is. Um, even the people that write those textbooks don't know what it is. Uh, but that's probably that's probably why I didn't do so well in that class because I uh, was watching NASCAR dirt racing, cheering for Daniel Suarez under my breath. So. Um, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. Um, anything else? I think we've kind of hit every nail on the head here. Who's your pick? My, who's my pick? Mm. Again, there's so many variables here just because it's new car and dirt and we're not. Mm. I know, I know everyone wants to pick Kyle Larson for obvious reasons. I don't, you know, it feels like a Penske guy other than Cindric is due. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna say Ryan Blaney just for shits and gigs. Where, where did he finish? Oh, no, really, that, that was the race where he had a completely wrecked car. Yeah, and he finished like tenth or twelfth. Yeah, he had a, a decent, t- decent yeah, finish. He had a really decent finish, but the whole like ass end of his car was just hanging on yeah. by a thread, which um, I thought was hilarious. Like they 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 made a diecast of Chase Elliott's car after he finished like I don't know eighth or something yes and it's like yes. if you're gonna make a diecast of anyone's car make a diecast of ryan blaney's <laughs> i did see someone make a custom diecast of that and they did a really good job on it and it was it was it was spot on um but that's again i'm picking ryan blaney just because it seems like penske is due and logano won this eighth. race blaney finished eighth okay and logano won the race last year so it's not like the penske cars it's not like those guys don't know how to get around on dirt um, Blaney has shown well this season. Uh, Logano still is looking for his win too, but like I, I just it just feels like Penske is just doing really well right now, um, both in IndyCar and in NASCAR. And it feels like one of those guys is due for due for a win. Um, I'm just gonna pick Blaney. That's my choice. Okay, I, I'm go, I'm gonna take a dirt guy, but okay. not the obvious one. I'm, uh, I feel like I, I I'm just gonna keep picking like Tyler Reddick until he wins. Um, <laughs> So Tyler hey, said he doesn't consider this a an actual dirt race. Um, he he thinks it because whatever it's not on an actual dirt track or whatever. 
Which I whatever. Is potato there dirt, po- on, is, is there dirt <laughs> on the track? Potato yeah. potato. It's a dirt race. So. <laughs> uh, but no, like I think yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take him. Yeah, um, sure. I'd be fine with him winning. Um, I just, I just, you know, not to sound like a soccer mom. I just hope every driver has fun. I hope all the teams have fun. So, <laughs> and, and and I hope that here, the here's fans... your orange. Here, here are your orange slices. <laughs> and I just and I just hope the race is fun because the fans deserve something to cheer about after last week's just slog of a race. So, and so, yeah. so far, I looked at the weather earlier today. No, no significant chance of rain cool. for this weekend. Good. So that will be like if if Martinsville was the the race where we got the rain out of the way in order for just a perfect dirt race. All right, I can make that trade off. Well, I'm looking at the weather. The weather on Sunday in Bristol is going to be 63. So when when the sun starts going down, it'll be in the 50s. So, but it's dirt. Like it's not it's not asphalt. So, um, but you, you don't I, you don't want like the sun or whatever to dry up yes, the dirt yes so. yes yes so that those conditions seem seem favorable for sure so yeah i think i've said all i need to say do you want to take us home all right well uh yeah i this has been another episode of dropping the hammer of dan mcfadden i'm dan mcfadden and with me is your new podcast lawyer john <laughs> lawfullet <laughs> Uh, if you want to hit me up, I'm on Twitter at John Lafollet or on Instagram at John Lafollet. And if you don't, if you don't want me to spell it all out, just find just find Daniel on Twitter, and you'll see him tagging me. And just follow me on there if you like. So, and I just uh, got confirmed this week I will be covering Taldega. Hell yeah! Weekend. Hell yeah, man! That's cool. Brunchfest.com in yes. Speed Sport. Yes. Uh, I've been to Taldega before as a fan, uh, but that was back in 2012. Okay. Um, at a race that Brad Keselowski won. I was going to say Keselowski won that one. Um, I have a goal to get to Talladega at some point. Uh, I don't. If I if I did go, I'd probably go to the 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 one in the in the fall for the playoff race. I might try to do that this year. Yeah, TBD. This, this will be my first time in the infield. Nice. Yes. Um, I, yes. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I want your best people watching stories next week. Oh, I hate those. Like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Those are the, we want the goods. We want all the juicy goods. Debauchery. That, yeah. That's, that, I, no, I'm, I'm being serious. I like, it just seems like national non motorsports outlets only show up for Daytona and the Talladega infield. Hell yeah. Uh, I just like come on because 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 drunk loud people saying stupid things and being buffoons is is great entertainment it plays well on tv like <sighs> I'm not saying you have to write a whole column about it just like keep it just like you're going to see and hear stuff just by naturally being there so just keep the best things in the back of your mind and just I'm, tell I'm, I'm just take on the podcast. A, who's that famous um nature documentarian Cruz Cousteau Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like Jacques, Jacques, Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, that, that, uh, I'm going. I'm going to take a very sophisticated approach. <laughs> ah yes, another day in Talladega. Yep. Here we see the guy, the avid race car fan. They are drinking their Bush Light and wearing their Dale Earnhardt hats. But Dale oh, Earnhardt. Here, here comes a very unique specimen. Hey, are you one of their French failures? <laughs> you know. Here comes the naked man with tire around waist. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. What does your tire say? It says cowbush. Anyways. Great. I got a sense of that. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, put it, put it, jar, <laughs> jar. You're welcome. It's just one. I just gave you one. It keeps you on your toes. You just broke the seal. No, we can't, we can't, we can't put that back in. <laughs> we can't put the genie back in the bottle. It's over. Well, that may, that may, well, that's good because you're going to have to keep the genie out for the next episode and you tell us all your stories. So it's fine. So, so, um, but yeah, you said you want to get down to Talladega. Like, it, yes, it's, I would never in a million years send someone to their first NASCAR race to, and make it be Talladega or Daytona. Oh, like, I would. In never. A in a heartbeat. No. No. If you're sitting in the grandstands, no. Absolutely not. It's a, it's a boring experience. Like, you can see the whole track, though, right? It, yeah. If you're sitting up high, 
Yeah, but not true. everyone can sit up high. I mean, I get that, but I, yeah, I would, if, I would be if, trying to. Sit if you're, up give, high. if you're, if you're saying, okay, here, brand new prospective NASCAR fan, here's a ticket to an average seat at a racetrack for your first track. There's no way I'm sending them to Talladega or Daytona because it is. All right, here they come, and they're gone. Where would you send them? Darlington, Martinsville, ah. Bristol. I would send them to your mom's house, Jake. I'm joking. I'm sure she's I'm sure she's a sweet lady. It's just more of that debauchery. Once you get me started, I, once you get me started, I can't stop. Anyway, <laughs> I, I passed the bar exam. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> there are no rules. There's no rules. Anyways, put your shirt back on. There's one rule. <laughs> we'll do this next time. Anyway, this has been dropping the hammer with Dale McFadden. Thank you for listening. Follow me at Dale McFadden on Twitter. Uh, follow us on the YouTubes at youtube.com slash Fadden. And please do not take any legal advice that you may have heard on this podcast. Except the part about not talking to cops without a lawyer. I mean that. Okay. Don't do it. Yeah, that. All right. Thank you. That'll be a, re- that'll be a reoccurring thing. Da- weekly, weekly legal tip with John LaFollow. See you next time, folks. All right. Bye. That was fun.